Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. God is looking for souls to save. He's looking. He's looking for souls to save. The call... He's looking for souls to save. God is searching. He's looking for a surrendered heart. He's looking for someone that's willing to surrender. As I said earlier, these altars right here are always open to surrender. But for those that are watching on Facebook or may watch this later, if you don't know Jesus, he's here. He's ready. He's, he's willing to accept you right now. If, you're accept, if you want to know where you're going to spend eternity, if you want to know where you're going to spend eternity, then you can know right now. You can settle it right now. All you have to do is say, Lord, I confess that I am a sinner. And Lord, I believe that Jesus is your son. And that he died on the cross for me. And he died on the cross for me. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my heart. And be my Lord. Be my Lord and my Savior. And my Savior. And I surrender. And I surrender my life. My life. To you. To you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's that's how simple it is. You pray that prayer, the Holy Ghost moves in. Some people have a great feeling. Sometimes you don't feel anything. You just trust what the Word says. That's what the Word says. The Holy Ghost just, if you said that, the Holy Ghost just went. <laughs> he just moved in. And now we surrender to Him. We surrender to His leading. It's that simple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all remember that commercial? It's so easy. A caveman can do it. God made it. So easy to get saved. A caveman can get saved. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your son. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. 
Thank you, Lord. You made it simple. You made it simple, God. And thank you for that. Lord, we just give you praise. Give you glory and give you honor. In Jesus' name. I just feel like you got something to say. Oh, man. What God has done for me. Um, Nine months ago, I was living in a shed eating dog food. And I half a pack of Raymond noodles a day. And I remember the Spirit of the Lord coming, coming to speak to me. And I started feeling conviction, something I hadn't felt in a while. <clears throat> and I said, God, what is it that you want me to do? And he put me in a little place called Arm 180 Ministries in DeWitt, Arkansas, nine months ago. And I, I come out of that place a week before. It was three days ago, actually. I got out Thursday. And, uh, man, God, I've, just, I've seen God do so do so many lives. He's changed so many lives since I've, since I've been there. And I was, he, he used me. See, that's the first thing I done was I surrendered. He was waving his white flag, and I grabbed my white flag and waved it back at him. Right? And he met me where I was. He met me right where I was. And uh, I won't ever forget it. And uh, you're, you're in my prayers, brother. Uh, I, know, I know where you're at and where you come from. God is a merciful God. Thank God he's a graceful God, too. You don't have to know where he's taking you. Just every morning when you get up, you say, here I am, God. Use me. That's all you got to do. You don't have to know that. You don't have to know the outcome. He does. You just surrender every morning when you get up and you get dressed, man. You just surrender, brother. And, and God's going to change your life. Because remember, all things work together for good to those who love him who are called according to his purpose. So everything that you went through, brother, is going to glorify the king. And he's, and he's going to use you in a mighty way, brother. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! See, we don't, we don't, I don't know why, but we don't testify around here very often. But we need to. God's done something for you. Come, grab a mic. Grab a mic. We want to hear it. Because the word says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. See, his testimony, I haven't been through what he does, but it gives me strength for whatever I'm going through. God brought him out of that. He can carry me through something. There's power in the testimony. Well, God's been working overtime protecting me this past couple of weeks. Most of you know I've been going back and forth to Tulsa. Uh, my brother's moving here. And, you know, I just prayed and prayed before we left. Jesus, you know, just watch over us. Give us safe passage. Be with us. And he said, of course. You know, I'm always with you. Okay, great. I break down on the way. And right before the panic set in, I'm a bit of an agoraphobic, and I'm stranded out here on the side of the road. I don't know where I am. Can y'all hear? You can hold it up a little bit. Oh, anyway, so I was beginning to have a panic attack, pretty good one. 
and Jesus, I can almost see him shaking his finger at you, at me. Now, Chris, you be still. I told you I got this. And I was calling my brother every five minutes. I don't know what it did. It's doing this. It's doing that. Do you hear it? It sounds like it's missing. I don't understand. And he said, well, I have AAA if you can get within, you know, this many miles. And Okay. Well, so then we hung up. I was calling him like every five minutes because I was flipping out. Uh, it's never done this before. I don't understand it. And I'm losing power, and it smells like gas, and it's just awful. And now it's starting to shimmy and shake, and in the back of my head, I hear Jesus saying, Chris, I told you to be still. So I finally got it where I could pull over and have the tow truck come and get me, and I actually blew apart a spark plug in my motor. Never seen that before. Neither is most people I've talked to. It actually blew the plug, the plug wire end completely off. When I was checking them, it was just dangling in my hand. I'm like, oh, well, and I couldn't get it to go back in. And then he looked at it and said, well, it's because the other half is still in the block. <laughs> and then people started telling me, oh, you could have damaged your rings and you could have damaged your cylinders. And I'm praying, Lord, oh, please. No, there's nothing wrong with my truck. And I kept saying, nope, Jesus said all it needs is a plug and a wire. That's it. Of course, I didn't have my repair books with me at the time, so I'm trying to remember how I did it, which order things go in. I, well, I know the spark plugs go this way, but I'm not sure about that. So I go in, and I look online. Well, I think this was the right one, because you have multiple choice. <laughs> so I go back out there, and I put it on, and it's still missing. It's not running right. So I, Jesus, you said you got this. No. Chris, <laughs> stop Hallelujah. that. Stop that. So I go back in the house. I'm looking at it. And, okay, well, it's not this one. It must be this one. The plug pattern matches, and but the coil order is different. It must be this one. I go back out. He's already fixed it, and I didn't know it. So I'm standing <laughs> up front trying to figure out which way it goes. And he's like, just get in and start it. And I'm like, but I haven't changed it. Oh, I did. Just get in and start it. You know, and I like to, I'm like, Pastor Dana, I like details. I want to know, well, what'd you do? Just get in and start it. He's frustrated. I'm frustrated. And I get in, it fires right up. It's running like a kitten. Hallelujah. So, yay. Then I was praising Jesus. Oh, there's more. Because we needed a miracle. I said, Lord, we need a miracle. We have half a garage full of stuff that he doesn't want. We can't move it. We can't store it. Help us get rid of this. Give me, give me ideas. Uh, this is a strange town. I don't know who to call. I don't know anything about social services. You know, do they even have a Salvation Army here? And he provided. We have a little pile left, and the ladies that are coming after it said, call us when you're on the way back, and we'll make arrangements to come and get the rest. So we actually have less to move than we thought until he <laughs> showed me his shop. <laughs> and then I went, okay, we got to get rid of more furniture. Hallelujah. Then on the way, so we did two truckloads back to my house. His truck breaks down. And it's, what, 9 o'clock at night. Everything's starting to shut down. We went to the first gas station where we gassed up. 
no air. He blew the sidewall out of a pair of set of tires that's only a year old. Blew it up. It's out in the back of my truck. I, it's bad. <laughs> and I said, Jesus, oh, Jesus, help us. We're stranded. We need air. And he's used, I used all my toll booth quarters, and that machine didn't work. We went to a different one that needed a credit card, and that one didn't work. Lord, we just need air. So the very next gas station, first it didn't work, and I stand there saying, please, Lord. And he did something, and then it was working. So we got air. Hallelujah. Despair's not holding air very good. <laughs> so we're trying to hurry up and get home before it gets flat. It was flat when we got home. But he just, every time, everything I asked of him on this trip, especially this trip, he provided for me. Everything, as even praying, strangers coming to the house and taking van loads of stuff. So you just give him, give him praise, give him glory, and he, praise, he'll come Jesus. through in the tough times. He give comes through praise. all the times, but especially the hard times. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, I give a little bit of, a little, just a little bit of what I went through. Uh, and, you know, I heard him, what got made me want to do this really is a, I heard him say something about Facebook. And I, you know, I just now, I'm not much of a phone person, don't know what the heck to do. But I've been getting on, you know, here lately, I've, I've been on TikTok. And I saw these videos that, you know, I watched, they post them. And there were some wonderful Christian videos. And I always thought, Lord, you know, I got a testimony that I want to get out and, and you know, that people can, can hear. Because, folks, if you are watching on Facebook, take what, look, let me tell you what. There is no answer in a bottle of whiskey. When you get to the bottom of that, that bottle, there's no answer in the bottom of that. All you've done is get another problem. There's no answer in drugs. They're not going to help it. They might make you forget for a little while. But once, it's, once it's, the feeling is gone, you're still stuck with the same problem all over again. Yes. Folks, I have been down every road in life that you can go. Alcohol, drugs, prison, just, you know, whatever you can do. As far as sin goes, I have done it. And it's, not, it's, it's just, it's not, that's not the life. I'm telling you from experience, people, you don't want that. You don't want that. I've been there, I know, and it's not working. There ain't but one way to live in this world, and that's through Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior, God, and King. Amen. Folks, listen to me. Leave, leave the drugs, alcohol, and all that. That's not your answer. Jesus Christ is your answer. Amen. If I never say anything or help anybody in another way, I will say is, God is your answer. Jesus Christ. Jesus. And that's what I got to say. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Give you praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and preach. Give you praise, Jesus. God is awesome. 
God is awesome. That word was created to describe him. He is awesome. Hallelujah. Give you praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know about y'all, but when we got to minister to this brother, I was, I was, it just excited me to the point, it's like, I can go home now. <laughs> but God's not done. You know, it's, it's just exciting to see God do something. But it should be normal. Should be normal. Remember, the lady, Miss Charlotte, she would always say, it's just another day in the kingdom. That's the way it should be, just another day in the kingdom to see the supernatural take place. It's just another day in the kingdom. God is supernatural. Since he's supernatural, we should expect the supernatural. We should have an expectation that something's going to happen that my mind cannot explain. Because he's supernatural. If my mind can figure it out, then that's what happened. My mind figured it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. The title of this message is called Marked for Increase. Marked for Increase. The anointing brings release and it brings increase. The anointing releases you from some things that the enemy has attached to you and it attaches things to you from heaven. It, it attaches increase. Isaiah chapter 10 Verse 20 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as are escaped out of the house of Jacob shall no more say, stay upon him that smote them, but shall stay upon the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. That word stay means lean upon. It means to support oneself. So when it says right there, shall no more stay upon him that smote him, that means that we can't trust our mind. Our mind will smite us. Our mind will smite us. We, we put our trust in what we think. We're going to be in a deep hole. Just like this, this man here trying to find relief in a bottle. It smote him. It took him down. Then it goes on to say, but, but shall stay upon the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. 
But then he turned and put his trust. I didn't know I was going to use you for an example. But he, he put his trust. He started leaning upon Jesus, and he's coming out. He's coming out. He's coming up. It all depends on where we put our trust at. Put our trust in ourselves, we're going to fail. We put our trust in God, we're going to succeed. Hallelujah. Verse 21. The remnant shall return, even the remnant of Jacob, unto mighty God. We return to God. Hallelujah. Let's jump down to verse 27. It says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. It shall be destroyed because of the anointing. When something is destroyed, it can't be put back together. See, some translations, some translations will say the yoke, the anointing breaks the yoke. I've said that. But I can glue something back together if it's broke. It may not be quite as good, but it's still there. God didn't say he broke the yoke. He said he destroyed the yoke. That's like sticking a stick of dynamite to something and blowing it up. Uh, there's no chance in hell that you're going to put that back together. It's destroyed. It's destroyed. The enemy can't put it back together and put it back around your neck when the anointing gets on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. John eight thirty six. Says, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You shall be free. Not partly partially free, not halfway free, you are free, completely. God doesn't do a sloppy job. When he comes in, he's, I've, I've dealt with carpenters before, and I like to do a little woodwork. You have carpenters that are framing carpenters, and then you have finishing carpenters. Finishing carpenter can frame, but if a framing carpenter can't finish, a finishing carpenter pays attention to details. When they get through with it, every joint fits, every joint is tight, every joint is complete. That's, that's the way Jesus is. It's interesting, he was a carpenter's son. When he gets done with us, 
everything is taken care of. He fixes it all. Hallelujah. So when he says that when, when Jesus sets us free, we are free completely. That doesn't mean that the enemy won't come and whisper back in your ear and try and pull you back into stuff because he will. But we are free. If we go back into it, it's because we choose to. He sets us free completely. Luke 4, 18. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to preach the good news. Jesus said that about himself. I am anointed to preach the good news. I am anointed to preach to the poor and tell them you don't have to be poor no more. There's a way out. Hallelujah. He was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Your heart don't have to be broke anymore through the anointing. You don't have to be held captive by something. A lot of people are held captive by a lot of different things. You know, sometimes people are held captive by drugs, they're held captive by alcohol. People are also held captive by fear. That was me. I was the one that was held captive by fear. I remember years ago, I've told this testimony, but I don't know if most of y'all may not have been here then. I was raised in the woods. I could go in the woods, flashlight, go in the woods in the dark. Wasn't no big deal. Daddy told us, if you get lost, build a fire, I'll come find you. We always carried matches and stuff to build a fire with. That wasn't an issue. So what was I afraid of? This thing. This thing. Standing in front of people. Guess what God said? Stand in front. I want you to stand in front of people. So, yeah, I was terrified. I was so afraid to talk to people. And I've told the story that if I was over here, maybe I was painting on this wall and somebody else was painting on that wall, and it was just the two of us together, unless it was my wife, I couldn't carry on a conversation across the room. I was afraid to talk in front of people. So fear can get a hold of you. It hid behind being quiet and reserved. Hallelujah. That's what, that's what I told myself. I'm just quiet and reserved. No, I was afraid. 
But when the Son sets you free, He sets you free. That's why I can go, Woo! Don't care. Don't care. Because the Son will set you free. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 tells us that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So when we get Jesus inside of us, what becomes our mandate? To destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. That's our purpose. We seek him and destroy the works of the devil. That's our purpose in life. You need a purpose, that's it. Serve him, worship him, praise him, and stomp on the devil. <laughs> that's your purpose. Hallelujah. Give you praise. 1 Corinthians 14.33 tells us that God is not the author of confusion. But the devil confuses. The devil confused Eve in the garden. She was a daughter of God. What did God, what did the devil tell her? Did God really say that? He brought confusion. He brought confusion. The devil will still kill and destroy by bringing confusion into God's word. Did God really say? Did God tell me to pray for that person? Did God tell me to lay hands on that person? Did God tell me to pray for Julie's chickens? I could have reasoned it out in my mind and said, no, that wasn't God. She'd still be getting one egg a day. But instead of reasoning it out, just step into it. Hallelujah. He told me. I, when I was first learning to hear his voice, I went to pray for somebody. To give them a word from God. And I did. Shaking, trembling. I went and spoke to them. They were actually sitting right over there on the front row. I don't even remember who they were now. And then I asked God, said, after it was over, was that really you? Or he said to me, he says, did what you tell them hurt them? He never did tell me it was him or not. He never did say that was me. He just said, did what you say hurt them? No, it didn't hurt them. Hallelujah. God is not the author of confusion. John chapter 12, verse 32. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. That is increase. When we lift up Jesus, it draws people. It draws people. 
It draws all men, like Minister Rhonda pointed out, it draws them, and that is increase. That is increase. Let's look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. The word anointed actually means to smear or to rub with oil. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. He rubbed, took the Holy Ghost, rubbed the Holy Ghost all over the outside, rubbed the Holy Ghost all over the inside. He soaked Jesus in the Holy Ghost. I know we have a problem sometimes thinking Jesus was the Son of God. He was. But Jesus also came as a man. He laid down all of his godship and came as a man. Without the Holy Ghost, Jesus could not have done any miracles. Hallelujah. So God took the Holy Ghost and just smeared it all over Jesus, inside and out. Inside and out. Hallelujah. And he went about doing good and healing <laughs> and destroying the work of the devil. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses both unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses wherever you go. See, when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, he saturates us inside and out. That's where the power comes from. That's where when you say in the name of Jesus, the devil has to bow. When you say in the name of Jesus, the enemy has to flee. It's when you are smeared with the Holy Ghost. You see, the seven sons of Sceva Y'all know the story about them. They said in the Jesus that Paul knows, they didn't know Jesus. In the Jesus that Paul knows, 
And those demons jumped on them and beat them up and tore their clothes off. The demons know the difference. The demons know whether you got the power or not. The demons can see. John chapter 1, verse 27. 1 John. Let's go there. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. It says, but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. The anointing abides in you. The anointing lives in you. And the anointing teaches you. And it is the truth. Let's go to John 14, 26. See, the anointing is what brings the increase. It'll bring increase in every area. John 14, 26. It says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. In Acts 10, we read, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. First John, the anointing abides in you and teaches you. And then John 14, the one we just read, the Holy Ghost teaches you. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit prays. When we speak what the Holy Spirit speaks, and we, we say what the Holy Spirit says, it is anointed. See, we make things complicated. I want to be anointed. How many of you have said that? I want to be anointed. I want to be anointed and used by God. It's simple. Like I said, a caveman can do it. It's yielding to the Holy Ghost. What the Holy Ghost speaks is anointed. What the Holy Ghost tells you to do will be anointed. When the Holy Ghost prays through you, it is anointed. It's when we get outside of that that it's not anointed. When we pray Holy Ghost prayers, heaven is behind it. God is behind it. The power of God is behind your words when you speak what the Holy Ghost says. The power of God is behind your actions when you do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. We are anointed. You ever wonder about the book of Acts, how it got its name? The book of Acts is named Acts because the Holy Ghost showed up. And the disciples began to operate 
in the supernatural realm. They begin to act. They begin to do. They began to speak what the Holy Ghost spoke. And the miraculous took place. There was action taking place. When they came out of the upper room, Peter spoke. Let's look at that. Acts chapter 2. Verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all in agreement. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there dwelt at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were praying in the Holy Ghost. They were not speaking each man's language from all the different nations. They were simply praying in the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost took that and translated it into their language. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. I was, we were listening to a minister the other day. And this, this stuff still happens. The book of Acts hasn't quit. But he was ministering. I want to say he was ministering in Russia. I think it was. Well, his interpreter, he was saying something. He was say, making a statement like Jesus is Lord, and he doesn't understand Russian, but his interpreter was saying Stalin is Lord. That's what she was telling the people. He's standing there because he don't understand Russian. He's standing there saying. Jesus is Lord, and she's interpreting it, Stalin is Lord. Somewhere in there, he, was, he prayed in the Holy Ghost, and she took off the platform, run off the platform, went and hid. And he found her later, asked her what happened, called her back up and says, what happened? He says, I heard you tell me in Russian to sit down and shut up. It still happens. Hallelujah. God took care of it. The Holy Ghost took, knew what she was saying. And the Holy Ghost took care of it. The Holy Ghost told her to sit down and shut up. Hallelujah. We cannot put God in a box. He refuses to be put in a box. Hallelujah. When we yield to the Holy Ghost, we are marked for supernatural blessings. We are marked for the supernatural to manifest. 
we are marked. Pastor Dana, it's not in my notes, and she didn't know I was going to tell it. <laughs> but anyway, it's been several years ago. She was out witnessing. Some here around up here on this corner up here, she ran across a man. And they were talking to him, her and somebody else was talking to him about Jesus. And he told her, he says, I can see a glow on you. He could see the Holy Ghost on her. He could see it. She was marked by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. See, the anointing is not based on my feelings. I don't have to feel anointed to be anointed. Because if it was based on that, I wouldn't be anointed. Most of the time, because I don't feel it. It's not based on my emotions. It has nothing to do with my emotions. It's not based on my education either. The disciples were fishermen. They were a low class of people in the Bible. They were not the scholars. But they actually say they were unlearned men. I think it's in Acts chapter 4. It says that they were the Pharisees or whoever they were were talking to them. It says that they were unlearned men, but they knew they had been with Jesus. Because of the Holy Ghost. It's not based on my heritage. It doesn't matter whether you, whether I'm black, whether I'm white, whether I'm Hispanic, whether I'm it does none of that matters to God. It just matters on a surrendered heart. It's based on yielding to what God wants to do. It's based on yielding to the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus said that he only did what he saw the father do. And he saw the father do a lot. This is not even the tip of the iceberg of what Jesus did. Because it tells us that if everything Jesus had done had been recorded, the books couldn't contain it. And that was in 30, in three and a half years of ministry. So Jesus did a lot. In three and a half years. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God. Verse 21. Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. That says that God has anointed us. God anointed Jesus God anoints us and seals us with the Holy Spirit. 
seals us with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let's go to Mark chapter 10, verse 46. This is the story of the blind man. It says, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, just talking about Jesus, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highways side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he cried out. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Here Jesus is coming through this town. This man is blind. And then here are these people that's following Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, you see miracles take place. Here these people are following Jesus, seeing miracles take place, and they come by a blind man that's hollering out to Jesus, and they tell him to be quiet. That don't sound like your friend. Instead of them lifting him up and saying, well, let's get you to Jesus, they're telling him to be quiet. But Jesus heard him because he got louder. He didn't be quiet. Sometimes we got to pursue the things of God. We got to go after it. Even when there seems to be no way to go after it. We have to pursue God. Sometimes we wait for God to serve us up something on a silver platter. When Pastor Dan and I and Joellen We used to go to, to uh, the Brownsville Revival some when it was going on down there. And we learned how to pursue. There was thousands of people in that church. I'm talking about it was packed. The men of God, when the service was about over, they would go through the audience to pray for people. And I'm talking about you got people standing room only. People would come out of their seats and get in the aisles and all across the front. I'm talking about standing room only. Is he okay? You okay, Vinny? But to pursue getting a touch from God from these men because anointings are transferred by the laying on of hands. Pastor Kilpatrick, he was pastor of the church. 
you wanted him to pray for you. So we would see where he was traveling through the crowd. I'm talking about the church was, I don't know, four times the size of this one or more. And it was packed. You would see he's coming down this aisle. So you would work your way over there and you'd get in front of him. And you would be standing there waiting for him. He would be like right here. I'm talking about within arm's reach of you. So you do this. You lift your hands and you close your eyes so that the man of God can lay his hand on you and you stand there. And you do not feel anything. You open your eyes and he's turned in an instant. And now he's He's half, half the church length away from you, going the other direction. That's happened numerous times to us. We had a choice. We had a choice. Say, well, it must not have been God. Or pursue. They would disappear out of sight. I would stand up in a pew and look over the crowd and say, He's over there, headed that way. We would start squeezing our way through these people. I'm talking about if, you've, if anybody's moved half, a, just a little bit, you'd turn sideways and you'd slide through. Slid through. I'm talking about you had to. And we'd do that. We'd just zigzag back and forth through till we got in front of him again. And if he missed you again, you did it again. You pursued until he laid hands on you. We have lost our pursuit. Most of the body of Christ has lost their pursuit of Jesus. Then we figured out, somebody did, that when the service was over and they were ushering the ministers out, they always went out a certain way. There was a hallway that went around behind the platform. Uh, we, we, somebody noticed that they went that way every time. So when we saw the service winding down, we'd all go line the hallway. Pursuing. Pursuing what God had. Pursuing a touch from him. That's what this beggar did. It says he cast off his cloak. But we have to cast off our old identity. That's what the man did when it says he cast off his cloak. He cast off his old identity. He cast off who he was. And pursued Jesus. And when he did, he was healed. That's what we have to do. We have to cast off the old Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forth to those things which are before me. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We have to press toward God. We have to pursue Him. 
We have to go after him. Like our life depends on it. Because it really, it does. Our life depends on it. And it's getting, it's getting worse out there. So our life really depends on it. So if you want more than what you've got, I want to pray for you. The disciples received the Holy Ghost in chapter 2. They got more of the Holy Ghost again in chapter 4. They said, I need need some more of this. They got a little more. So I can release what I have. Hallelujah. So if you want some more of of the Holy Ghost, I want to pray for you. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.